Welcome to Tales of Moxie. I'm Desiree. And I'm Jenna Lee, and we're your hosts each week. Each week, we interview women to hear their stories, and we address topics that don't usually get talked about so openly. Be ready for honest and raw conversations about all the things we're struggling with as real women. All right, so today, Desiree and I are sitting down with my friend, Amanda Craddock, and This is exciting for us because when we first sat down and talked about making this podcast, we had a list of some topics that we wanted to talk about, and Amanda was one of the first people that I thought of, just because you have been through so much, and you're still dealing with so much, and you handle it with so much grace. Thank you. So we're really excited to have you on the podcast, and we're just excited to hear your story. So welcome, first of all. Thank you. And if you want to just jump right in, we'd love to just hear your story and kind of where it all began and where you're at now. Okay, so um, I got married very young, about 18. I met my ex-husband my senior year of high school, and we got married a year later. So I was 18 when we got married. Once we got married, he became extremely abusive, Mm -hmm. and um, it was on our honeymoon was the first time. Um, I forgot the hotel room key, and he... I mean, mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw his anger, and we were in Mexico. We were both underage, but we were, you know, in Mexico, you can drink, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I just blamed it all on the alcohol, um, but that wasn't the case, and it, you know, continued on, and so um, we split up when uh, about seven years, or seven years, seven months after we got married, um, briefly, and um, we got back together, and um, about three months after that, I found out I was pregnant, And um, we weren't trying, so it was a big shock. Mm. And I knew how he was, so I was, I I mean, it was honestly not an easy time when I found out. So Mm -hmm. um, we weren't living together. We were living in separate houses because we were trying to work things out. And so it was a big surprise. And um, so I was a preschool teacher at Little Lambs at the time, and I was probably about three months pregnant, and we were taking the kids into um, the chapel to practice for the Christmas show, and I had a child um, with Asperger's in my class, which Mm. is the highest form of autism, and it's not a clinical diagnosis anymore, but at the time it was, and um, he turned into a meltdown because we we were going to chapel on not the normal chapel day and he just laid on the ground and started screaming and just the voice of God just absolutely in my head was this is what you're going to be handling wow really and I was like okay and from that moment I knew that I was going to have a child with autism I knew it and I would look things up during my pregnancy like you know what to like what to help things you know Mm. like that and from the moment he was born, there was just little things that I noticed that he you could not put him down when he was sleeping. He would wake up the minute you had to always hold him. And there was just little things from the moment he was born. And I remember looking up when he was three months old, you know, like autism. Mm-hmm. And um, there was little signs and he was doing fine. He was hitting all the marks with everything, but I, I still just knew it until about eight months old. And previous to that at about five months old he became um obsessed with mickey mouse at five months at five months and he had to have mickey well no maybe it was a little bit sooner because he was born in july it was about four and a half months Mm -hmm. Uh, my mom turned on she would watch him while i was at work and she turned on um mickey 
so that she could get things done for Thanksgiving. And ever since then, he had to be on the TV at all times. When we would go to people's houses, he would go to the TV at or cry, and we would have to bring a DVD of Mickey, put it on the TV oh so goodness. he could see it, mm-hmm. and then he would be fine. And it was just Mickey? Just Mickey. Wow. Just Mickey. And so I remember thinking, this is weird. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this isn't normal baby, five-month-old thing. Like, this is strange, because I know that kids with autism get fixated on things and I'm like this is strange so he just was completely obsessed and then about eight months I started to notice that he there just wasn't any you know he wasn't picking things up like he should he crawling took a little bit longer but all of that's different but Mm -hmm. just the the neurological aspect of it I could just tell he wasn't um where he should be and then when it really hit me, we went to a birthday party for his cousin, and um, the year before the birthday party, I was pregnant, and she had like a four-week-old baby, and so they were about six, five or six weeks apart, mm-hmm. and this child was like running around with all the kids. He was like 13 months old, and Luke was almost a year. He was like a week old from being a year. And so this little kid was, like, running around with all the other kids, and they're like, let's go do the pinata. And, you know, they gave it to him, and he tried to play. And I'm like, and Luke would only sit in the high chair. If we took him out of it, he would start screaming. Mm. And I'm like, that's just not right. (laughs) Comparing the two, it was just like, okay, there's not, like, so, and there wasn't words. And so he could say mama, and then that was it. So I was like, okay, um, and then at his 13-month appointment, I talked to the doctor, and he's like, and thankfully, my doctor was very supportive, because it's hard with autism. It's not like Down syndrome, where mm-hmm. they're born with it, and you can see it, and you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With autism, it's, you know, they're okay until they're not. You know, things are normal until they're not. And so a lot of doctors just kind of, oh, just wait, because kids mm-hmm. do learn differently. They all do. So for doctors, they, you know... They see it. It's hard for them to pick it up. Um, during this time, my um, husband became addicted to pain pills. Mm. So um, he had, I didn't know, I knew that he had had a back problem. And um, he, I noticed that he would say like, oh, I need to go fill the prescription. Mm-hmm. And he would have to pay cash because it wasn't time for it to be, mm-hmm. you know, picked up yet. And so I'd be like, well, where's your other pills? And he's like, oh, I have a bunch at work. I, you know, I just need these and I can't go to work right now. It'd be on a weekend. I'd be like, okay, never thought anything of it. Well, he texted me at work one day and said that he had passed out. He was too hot or something. And I'm like, oh, okay. And he was watching Luke at the time, my son. And I was like, okay, didn't think anything of it. And then a month later, so this whole time that we're dealing with getting like saying, I think there's something wrong with my son and the Mm -hmm. doctor's going through it. He was going to be going into the Air Force Reserves. Well, the day of his going away party, he had a friend in town and they were going shooting. Um, And I get a call from his friend's girlfriend and she was like, don't freak out. And it was like, I was getting everything ready for his going away party. She's like, don't freak out. And I was like, okay. She's like, "Um, Jeremy had a seizure while he was driving and Stephen had to, Jeremy was my ex-husband, take over the wheel and um, they were on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And he seized for about five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And the ambulance is on the way. So I'm like, okay. 
drop everything, go there. Well, it he just basically lied his way through it, then found out it was an overdose. Oh, wow. And then after that, he had multiple more overdoses. Um, on our son's first birthday, mm-hmm. he had taken a ton of pills and um, pulled a gun on me. Mm. And he was just completely just... And we were staying at my parents' house, and my parents, they didn't quite know all about that. So they they kicked him out because they knew he was taking the pills. And I think he continued to have three more overdoses. How old were you guys? 22. Okay. I was 22. He was 24. Okay. So, um... So you guys had been married for a little while then at yeah, this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three years at that point. And so, um... <clears throat> We finally, you know, I thought he was done with the pills. He'd been going through somewhat of programs and things like that, and he was working, so we got an apartment together, and about a week or two after we got the apartment together, I get something in the mail from his doctor, and it says that he had filled 450 Vicodin in 10 days. Oh, my goodness. So um, that wasn't what he was addicted to, though. He was addicted to a different pill. Mm-hmm. So I came home, showed him the letter, and he was like, oh, must have been an accident or something, you know? And I was like, no, this is, they're dropping you as a patient now because you did this. And he was like, well, I'm like, this isn't what you take. Like, are you selling them? Like, And he would, like refused to tell me. So then a couple days later, I came home from work, and he was standing there. And he started overdosing, seizing. Mm. And I went to grab my son, and uh, he fell on top of him and broke his leg. Oh, my gosh. And he was about... He broke Luke's leg? Mm-hmm. Oh. 14 months at the time, and this was all when oh. we're trying to deal. It was the same week that we had um, Tri-Counties coming out and assessing him. Oh, my goodness. And so um, he went... I He woke up, and I told him that it, he needed to leave, you know, that he needed to go to his parents and that, you know, it was over, and he flipped out. Pulled a gun again, just went mm-hmm. nuts. So I um, decided that I would just act like everything was fine. So that night I got up and sat on my kitchen table. It was, like, the only place I could get Wi-Fi <laughs> in the house, mm-hmm. on yeah. the kitchen table, mm-hmm. on the computer, just researching, getting him into a program, an, an inpatient program so he went to cottage um two days later and that night I packed up all of his things dropped them on his mom's porch at about 2 a.m and changed the locks and the next day I got a text and it was like um so what is it over now and I said well you know I'll I'll talk to you about it in a public place if you want and he was like no I need to know now because I could relapse and I'm like okay that's fine you know Mm -hmm. yes it is and so that was um, how I got out and, um, because I knew he couldn't get out of the rehab mm-hmm. center. He didn't have a car. I made sure his dad drove him. And, um, so thankfully that's how that got out. And the next few months were just a nightmare with getting Luke in the services. Mm-hmm. He started with behavioral therapy and speech therapy and occupational therapy. And, um, he saw his dad a couple of times, but it was more his mom wanting to see him, mm-hmm. um, Luke's grandma trying to see him, and um, but eventually he just stopped, which was good. So I'm I'm trying to think of where your head had to have been at that 
time because not only yeah. are you handling a diagnosis of your mm-hmm. son that most people take years to even yeah. accept, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone put together a plan yeah. and, and have all of that in place right. Right. at the same time as your life is like right. in shambles and you're yeah. trying to figure out. So now you are putting together a plan for your husband and for your son. Yeah. yeah. What did that feel like? What was your awful. thought process at that time? <laughs> it was awful. I felt like, I feel like sometimes I don't even remember some of it. You know, like Mm -hmm. I would just get up in the morning and I would just, I don't even ever remember getting ready or just, Mm -hmm. I felt like I was just on this cycle, you know, on this, like a hamster wheel. And I don't feel like I even remember some of it because it just seemed so chaotic and crazy. You were just doing the next best thing. Yeah. I I can relate on a similar Uh aspect because my, my ex-husband was also addicted, but Uh he was addicted to, um, uh, meth. And he hit it extremely well. But the morning that I ended up leaving him, there was a lot of family drama. And it was the morning of my brother's birthday party. And I was talking to my sister-in-law now. He married her. That was the the day that she met our family. Mm -hmm. And I don't even remember her being there or, like, any of that. I just remember, like, little excerpts of the morning. And I'm like... You were there. Yeah. You saw all I know. of that. And she's well, like, yeah. And when you think about it, though, like, yeah. think about how, like, for me, coming from similar mm-hmm. situations, yeah. my mind was so consumed with how do I get people to not see that this is yes, happening in my exactly. life that I didn't even, right. I couldn't think of other people because right. I was just so consumed with, like, mm-hmm. how do I hide this? How do I yeah. make people think that this is not what's actually yeah. happening yeah. behind my door? Right. You know, or in your case, like, thinking of, I have so many things to think about. I'm yeah. getting my son taken yeah. care of and now getting my husband taken care of. I can't think of yeah. anything else. You're on like autopilot yeah, at that I point. I was, I was, it's, it's, it was such a hard, crazy time. Like when I think back about it, it was like the, those few years were just nightmarish and you know, he, thankfully Luke, you know, he did so good and he was, he did really good with the transition of everything. And, um, his, I mean, his dad was never, like, a, a really... He was in the first couple months of his life. He was a few months until the drugs. He was actually being a good father. Mm-hmm. Um, but once the, the drugs hit, it was just, like, yeah. a different, you yeah. know. And he, he had always had issues with me, but with, you know, with Luke, he was a little bit better. But it was, yeah, it just completely... So he was already kind of, like, not... Checked yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he had checked out. So after this, then... You said it was a few months, and you got kind of back yes. up and going a little bit. Were you? Where did you go? Did you have support at this time? Yeah, I had my you? family. So I moved out because at the time I was only making like seven hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and so um, I we had just moved into this apartment, and I called the guy, and I was like, you know, this this is what happened. Like, sorry that this happened, and he's like, you have to give me thirty days. So I had to pay more rent. So my dad actually did that for me. Um, because he told, he had told me actually a few months after, a few months before this, after, I think, I don't even know which overdose it was. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at my parents' house and we weren't living together and I didn't tell my parents that he was having an overdose, but somehow they knew. Mm-hmm. And my dad, <clears throat> my dad's like a very silent type. He doesn't, you know, he lets me, he's always just let us be us, but he'll intervene when he feels like he needs to. And he, they came home from church, and he was like, let's go to coffee. 
and mm-hmm. that doesn't ever do that. And I'm like, look at my mom, and I'm like, <laughs> let's go. <roll. laughs> I'm like, well, you watch Luke, and she's like, yeah, well, I'll, I'll watch him. And her face, and she's like, what? <laughs> you know, like, her eyes are huge, and I was so I'm like, okay, so we go to get coffee, and my dad was like, you need to leave, and I was like. And, and I knew it, but there's just something that mm-hmm. keeps you not... I, I don't know if it's the vows you made or that you just think it's going to be what it was. Mm-hmm. And But I just, I wasn't ready. And I'm like, Dad, you know, I need, I need to try. I need to keep trying. And he was like, no, you need to leave. And I'm like, I, I just, I can't right now. And he said, when the time comes, he's like, and it will. If whatever you need, financially, whatever, we will do it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And then... He said this to me, which I will never forget. He said, you and Luke will get hurt before it's over. Wow. And I was like, okay. And those words just completely resonated because that, that is day happened. is exactly mm-hmm. what happened. Isn't it amazing, though? So I'm, I'm thinking, like, I didn't have kids in my uh-huh. first marriage. But thinking how, like, the, we feel, I felt yeah. like I could take so much, right? right. Like, no, i got to stick this out. I, yeah. I can do this. And, yeah. you know, I'm here. I made these vows. Right. This is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But hearing your story and thinking, like, the second that something happened to your son, right. it was like, nope, yep, I'm that's out. when it was out. I was done. I'm like, yep. nope, you're, you are, it's too much. So now you're a single mom. Yes. And you're raising a child yes. that has a whole bunch going yes. on and a big plan. Yes. What happens now? So I moved back in with my family, and I was still working as um, a preschool teacher, and that was, um, it was, those few years I feel like were a blur, because mm-hmm. he had insomnia issues, just major insomnia, and there was days that I would go to work that I hadn't slept in two days, mm-hmm. because he would wake up at one in the morning and be up for the day, or there mm-hmm. was nights that he woke up, he would go to bed at 7.30 or 8 and be up at 11. Hmm. And then be up till the next day. Wow. And you're doing it all by yourself. I wanted to help you. Yes. So I would go to work, come home, take care of him, you know. And so I just, those few years were just so hard. They were so hard. And I had had a past of eating disorders. And so for me, that's with all the PTSD and all that, that's completely what I fell back on. Yeah. Was that. Mm -hmm. I've had that too. Yeah. So, so you're you're now dealing mm-hmm. with that, yes, and being a single mom, yes. How old is Luke at this point? Luke was he was he was two when all of that like officially ended. Um, so at that point, he was about three, four. Okay. So how years. is his? How are you seeing his autism now? What does that look like at that age? So he was still not talking. He was still nonverbal at and, four. Yeah. Okay. At three and four. So at three years old, he started um, with the school district, and he went to a preschool there for special needs kids, and um, he loved it there. But he was still nonverbal and um, just still be- still behind, okay. still behind. And um, he would he was very. A, somewhat a, not aggressive but he would lash out and things like mm-hmm. that had butt and there was many times I went to work with black eyes because yeah, of it yeah. you know um had you had you now accepted yes like this is my life yes. this is I what it feel is. like somewhat I mean in my heart I feel like that's partially why God prepared me when I was pregnant, because I didn't have time to prepare myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah you didn't. When it happened. You didn't. You didn't have that time no. that most couples have no. to sit yeah. in. Nothing exactly. else is going on. This is the biggest deal exactly. in our lives. 
So I feel like I was prepared and I just, I already knew that it was going to be that way. I think that I didn't realize necessarily how much it would impact his, the rest of his life at the Mm -hmm. time, but I did know, and I was, I had accepted it. Um, I never wanted to be in denial about it. I didn't want to, you know, hold him back from anything that was offered to him. So what was the learning curve like on that? Because I know, like, if that happened to me, I would have no idea what to do or how yeah. to take care of him or, or anything. I feel like it would be a learning curve on trying to figure it out is. And how you to just have that. You just have to take it day by day. Things just come up and you're like, oh, okay, this is what we're dealing with. Okay. And you seem so calm, though, always <laughs> to me. I mean, honestly, <laughs> well, thank I, you. I, see some, you know, I see some of your posts and hear some of the stories and I think, like, wow, you know, I... I have a four-year-old who just throws a tantrum, and I'm like, dude, I am done for the day, you know? That's how I feel. My patience is like, yeah. no, dude, no, sorry, yeah. I'm done. But, like, where, how do you feel like you have, is that just your makeup, or do you feel like you've I, learned that throughout both, the time? Both, probably both, you know, because I feel like something that's always resonated with me is no matter how hard it is on me, it's harder for him, okay. because he's... Like, I mean, he goes through tantrums and days where I feel like he's screaming all day over everything. We had it this weekend. And, um, you know, I just always try to think, like, I am annoyed and I am frustrated and I am tired of hearing this. He's probably tired of feeling it because, like, what I'm, like, I just get the, the downfall of it, you know. like, mm-hmm. But he is feeling all of it. So I always try to remember that. Like, it's whatever is hard on me is ten times harder for him. How old is he now? He is nine. Okay. He's nine, and he's still nonverbal. Um, he probably always will be. I don't. He has a few words and a few approximations of things, but um, I don't really, honestly, ever foresee him talking, and that's okay. He has a device that he uses. Um, his speech therapist did it all for him where he got a really nice device, and it speaks for him. Nice. And he does really well with it. He types... He, there's all these icons. It's very confusing for me. <laughs> I look at it and I'm like, no, this is way too much. And um, everything's grouped together, but it has over like 40,000 words in it, I think. Wow. Yeah. And he just type, just goes and clicks all these things. And it's like, I want this or, you know, yeah. says things or um, he'll say little comments. Like if you're painting with him, you're like, I like the pink paint, things like that. So, but How neat yeah, it's really neat. That that can yes. Oh my gosh. There's just so much now that is offered for them than there used to be yeah so what my head is reeling on what this must have been like as a single mom like did you want to I mean I know you're married again so what was that like did you start dating again or how did that play into all of this yes I did start dating um I had a I did date a couple of people and you know it was always hard because it was you know it's hard to be a single mom and find somebody to take on your kids or your child, but when they have special needs, it's like a whole nother ball game. A whole yeah. nother ball game, you know. Yeah. And I was engaged for a, a while, um, for a couple of years, um, but that was a nightmare as well. Really? <laughs> yes, that was also a nightmare. He was also um, after I moved in with him, which is why I moved in to find out. Um, found out he was an alcoholic mm-hmm. that he had hid before. And um, a ver- very verbally abusive, and just, and then towards the end, I'm just like, you know, what? I can't do this. This isn't, this isn't gonna work for me or my son. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. So. Yeah, and obviously before you got married. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. 
And then five weeks after that, it was like five or six weeks, um, I started talk, randomly talking to somebody that I had gone to school with, and I just was not planning on anything, and um, we got married about three months ago. Yeah. Cool. And yeah. how, so how was he, like, when you're first introducing, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I didn't ever plan on getting that far. <laughs> I just, you know, I was like, this is, like, going to be another, like, you know, person that's just going to be like, this is too stressful, and yeah. so, and I think one of the hardest parts was telling somebody mm-hmm. how to tell somebody that your child has special needs is it's hard because you want them to see your child for who they are yeah. and not all of the other things because Luke is sweet and he's funny he's he's so funny and he's the sweetest little boy and I want people to be able to see that and not just everything else mm-hmm. and so to say it it's like I don't want to just say he has autism because it's not I feel like that's not fair to Mm -hmm. him. Um, He had already figured it out by that time um, from Facebook and everything. And he he actually brought it up to me. Um, And so he was like, so is it harder? And I said, yes and no, which is exactly what he says now. He's like, that's exactly what I say is yes and no. Um, So I, we just... We were dating, and I was just like, oh, did, was not thinking serious about it at all. So he met, we would go to the gym together, and he met him at the gym. And the first thing he was like, he's quick. Luke, there was an iPad, it was at Give Fitness, they have the iPads right there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm taking him out of the childcare, and Luke just like takes off for the iPad. <laughs> like, within a second, he had it in his hands. Like, and I'm still over by the door. And, like, and Michael's like, oh, wow, he's quick. quick. <laughs> Where's your workout, Michael? Like, you have no idea. (laughs) So he was like, he's quick. And so then about, um, we had probably been dating for six weeks or so. His, and he had met Luke a few times and his grandma was um, passing away. So he's like, oh, would you guys come hang out with me and my grandpa in in Santa Maria? And I'm like, oh, okay. Luke was kind of having a bad day, but I'm like, we'll try it. We get there and... Luke's thing when he goes into people's houses is he has to go in every one of your rooms and look <laughs> at what you have. He's very, he's a snooper. <laughs> I feel like we all have that. Right? Yeah. Curiosity. But he yeah. doesn't have, you know, he's just, he doesn't, he's like, I'm going to do it. So. <laughs> so he likes to go in everybody's room. So I was like trying to be like, Luke, let's not do that. Let's not do that. And he just went into full on meltdown you know, was hitting himself and, mm. you know, became self-injurious. And I'm, I mean, just so bad. And I couldn't calm him down. So I'm like, we're just going to go home. So I'm getting him in the car and I was like, and Michael was there and he's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to get in the car and you're going to be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and see you later. Really real fear. <laughs> it right? is. And so I got in the car and I'm like driving away and I was like calling my friend and I'm just telling her, I'm like, this is like too much. I just need to break up with him because this. Like, he's just going to end it, and I might as well just do it. And she was like, no, you need to stop. Give him credit for what he mm-hmm. can handle. And I was like, fine, okay. What and a then, good friend. Yeah, she is. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a good friend. She was like, you need to, to stop. I, she's like, I know you're scared, but you need to give him credit and see what he can handle. And I was like, okay, fine. So a few minutes later, he calls me, and he's like, oh, I just wanted to let you know that my grandpa was just wanted to check how, you know, Luke was. And if you were okay and I was like yeah I'm I'm fine and then you know that night he 
we went out. We I had had a babysitter set up already, and um, we went out, and he um, everything. He was like, "No, everything was normal." And now we talk about that story, and he's like, "Really? You were gonna end it?" No. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I just figured you were. He's like, "No," and I was like, "Okay." But that's when I realized, I'm like, okay, he could do this. Like, he's got, you know, that calm side of him that he's just lets everything kind of roll off. There's so much wisdom in what your friend said, though. Yeah. Like thinking of it that is. now and thinking, like, how, I mean, even in situations that aren't as, yeah. like, you know, intense as that. Right. How many times do we do that with all sorts of people? Yeah. Being like, even with friends, thinking, like, you know, I'm going to tell them this and that's it. That's where it's going right. to end. So I can't yeah. tell them that. Well, you know. Yeah. That's us choosing for them exactly. what they can handle yeah. and assuming what our friendship would be like yeah. and thinking like, wow, in that situation, people might really surprise yeah. you. You know, you yeah, might exactly. find that that person can yeah. handle more than you thought yeah. or is just the person that God has put there that's been like, come on, Amanda, give exactly. this guy this, this is the guy, you know, okay. you know, yeah. but, on, but on the other hand, you have to prove trustworthy. Mm-hmm. That's the exactly. other thing. It's like, and so seeing in those moments where you just stepped back to see uh-huh. how he reacted and he proved trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. He did. It's so neat. I wonder what friendships would be like if we would have more deep Uh raw friendships if we all kind of did that when we get scared Mm -hmm. we don't run but we stand the line and see how will this go is this someone who's going to meet me there yeah or is this someone that's going to run and then if they do right so be it we learn but if we're vulnerable enough to stand there yeah so much wisdom in what she said yeah there was I know because I think about that and Michael's like yeah well, I owe her a lot I guess <laughs> well and just yeah. thinking how like nonchalant he <laughs> right? takes it like I know. oh it was nothing to me right like, what? and that was just it oh he's like yeah it's no big deal it was no big deal and I'm like it was like a full-on punching himself and I mean yeah. it was a big big meltdown and I was having to restrain him and I'm like you didn't really think that was a big deal. Girl, <laughs> like, that is a big deal to me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, okay, so one of the questions I'm thinking is, I'm wondering now, hearing that and hearing uh-huh. that story, you were scared how he reacts. How are you with other people? Like, the people around you, your friends, or even mm-hmm. if you take him different places, like, how is that for you? Are you, is that a fear for you? Or it are is. you just at a place that, like, yeah. no, I'm good, and I know this is how it's, it is? What's it, it like? varies. I mean, I feel, like, nervous when we go places because I just don't know how he's going to react, and I don't know, you know, how they're going to take him. Um, I've had a lot of family that we just aren't close with anymore because it, they just don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's it's hard, and I... You know, and it's, I want to talk to them, but it's, they don't want to listen. So Mm. it's like, it's very difficult because I don't know how people are going to respond to him and how he's going to act. Yeah. So when, like your group of people that you do have now, Mm -hmm. these are all people now that maybe, in in all honesty, maybe don't know what to do, but are still there, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we have our, you know, my friend and... I, you know, I have a few friends and we have family and thankfully Michael's family has been amazing with him. Yeah. They, you know, they've always been ever since we started dating. And that was a, that was a big fear. Cause I'm like, okay, you know, cause as a parent, I'd be like, Oh, do you really want to take this on? Mm-hmm. But his whole family has always said to me that they felt like that even if Luke wasn't the child that he was, Michael wouldn't have had to be the man that he is. Wow. So they're like, no, we're so glad that he actually has that because, you know, he wouldn't have, have had to become this person. Yeah. So. so in your marriage now, I know you guys haven't been married yeah. that long. You're newlyweds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
what does that look like? I know, like, for us, we have hard times as parents all yeah. the time. Disagreements or right. just frustrating yeah. moments. Do you think that's a whole other level because of what you're sometimes, experiencing? Sometimes. And he's he's more of the of the which I feel like most families are this way the mother is more nurturing and Mm -hmm. the father is more strict disciplinary yes like (laughs) don't let him do that and you know I'm just like well (laughs) (laughs) but why that's exactly how it is (laughs) (laughs) exactly and he's like he's talking to you know and I'm like but it's fine (laughs) he's happy that's what I always say I'm like happy (laughs) I always say just let it go (laughs) yeah do we want the meltdown or yeah. not? Yeah. And I don't even have meltdown. Right. I'm saying that. So that's honestly kind of, it's almost the same thing. It's, you know, because I just feel like, I don't, I think it's just the mother. Like, we want to be more nurturing mm-hmm. and loving. And then they're just more like, you know, put the foot down. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So what would you say? Well, first of all, let me ask you this. Do you have like a support group with other moms who I have do. kids with autism? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do. How um, did you find that? When Luke started preschool, the teacher had set up a Facebook group for oh, okay. all the moms in and that had gone through her class and that were going through her class. And so that's how I met all of them. Okay. Neat. Okay. Yeah. So do you stay in touch with them? Yes. Is that the yes. people that you rely on a yeah, lot? Yeah. Or- I, I did, especially I can, um, there was, there. They. it's almost like a, a village. They're just... When I had just first met them, I had to have a cyst removed on my ovary. And they, the day that I had to do it, um, they all showed up at my house with, like, meals and all of these things. And then when my um, engagement ended, they, I don't know how many people, how many of them, like, showed up with chocolate or coffee or were like, let's go. You know, one of them showed up one day. We're like, we're going to lunch right now. And I was like, I don't want to go to lunch. And they were like, (laughs) no, you're going to lunch. (laughs) So it's, they've always just been so supportive and just, it's, it's given me so much in that way, especially when my family moved, you know, they were, they were there, which helped. That's so neat. And thinking too, if you would have had that kind of yeah tribe without this being a part right. of your life, yeah you know, how neat is that? So what would you say to moms that are maybe in the first stages of just finding out mm-hmm. that their kid has autism or some other special need and they're grappling with the fact of accepting that and what happens next what advice would you have for them um the first thing would be is that your child is still your child they are still the same person and this the same kid that was there two days ago or went before this diagnosis happened they're still the same kid and to just love them through it and to don't 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 put it in a box because okay. they can do, they can surprise you, and they can do so many things that you didn't think that they could do. And so don't, don't, don't limit them. Just let them grow and be who they are, and fight for them. Because I mean, I haven't. Thankfully, I have not had to do much fighting for Luke, but I know a lot of families that do. And so be prepared, and but just love them, and just accept everything, and accept the help. <laughs> yeah. What does like advocating for them look like? Um. It's. It's you just have to to talk for them because they can't they can't speak for themselves and you just have to make sure that that their voice is being heard because they can't so you have to be their voice. Okay. What about advice for helping moms 
stay themselves in the middle of all this and like st- not getting lost mm-hmm. in this is my life now and now yeah. my only role in life is yeah. being mom and advocate and all of that yeah. how do you how have you found a way to stay yourself and Luke's mom mm-hmm. and Luke's advocate yes. but you too that was something that I struggled with for a while I it was a dark I went to a really dark place because I just felt like my only reason for being alive was to take care of him mm-hmm. and that can be tiring it's it's there's something called caretaker burnout and it's a real thing I mean it gets exhausting when you are giving almost all of yourself sometimes to keep them going it's like there's nothing left at the end of the day so I learned that I I started going to therapy and I started doing things for myself, going getting your nails done, your hair done, things that make you happy, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be anything like that. Yeah. But whatever makes you feel happy, continue to do that because you have to take care of yourself because they always say you can't pour from an empty pot. It's the same thing. Was there guilt that came when you started that at the very beginning? A little bit, yeah. Because it was like, oh, I could be doing all of these things. But yeah. it was like, no. And that's when I started to feel kind of like more myself than I had in a long time. Did that make a difference in the way you parented him? Yes. Yeah. Because I was just, I, you feel like somewhat you're like just surviving or just getting mm-hmm. through the day, but the days keep coming. <laughs> they yeah. don't go anywhere. So you have to take care of yourself so that you can feel good in the morning. Yeah. So you had, we haven't talked much about faith, but I'm curious on, mm-hmm. because obviously you believe and you, you right. felt like God set you up for this yes. from the beginning. Yes. So how has your faith throughout all of this, has it been like a roller coaster or was it steady? Did you feel like, were you ever mad at God for putting you in this lot? Yes. I was mad. I was never mad about having a child with special needs. I was never mad about that. But I mean, people do and that's okay Mm -hmm. to feel that way. It's, It's totally fine. I was never mad. I was mad. I was, I think, a lot of bitterness for a long time because of my marriage and I was like, why did you or why did you make this the father of my child Mm. when I have to shoulder so much and I have nobody else to put it on and I think I was very bitter about that for a long time how did you wrestle through that to come to the other side I think it was when I met honestly I think it was when I met Michael because I felt like I'm like okay this 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 it I wasn't bitter anymore it was like okay this is Luke's dad this is Luke's father and I'm not shouldering any of this anymore. And I think that I finally saw, because you can, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. You can see everything, and I think that's when I let that bitterness go. I was always a believer, but I feel like it was always kind of in the, mm-hmm. you know, the bottom of my heart, I was mad. Yeah. that I mean, honestly, I we all go through things, mm-hmm. and I've what I'm going through right now is similar, where I'm right. like, okay, I've had to let people kind of believe mm-hmm. for me, I say. Right. Um, not that I don't believe anymore, but where I'm at a place where I'm like, I'm mad. Mm -hmm. I don't know why this is happening. Right. Um, and I feel like some things stick with us for a while or like Paul even had a thorn in his side Mm -hmm. and it's like, when is it? Or when does it go away? Or when does it get replaced with a new thorn? Right. You know? (laughs) Yes. But what is it? So it's interesting and real to hear that, like, that took you a mm-hmm. while to get to a place to realize, like, okay, sometimes it does take us a while to get to a place right. where now I see yes. the plan. Because we yeah. always get told there's a plan. Well, right. I can't mm-hmm. see right? it. You know? That's great. I can't yeah. see it. And I'm trying to have faith. But in yeah. all honesty, 
It'd be yes. so much easier if you would just show me. Yeah, just right? let me know it's going to be okay eventually. Yeah, and it's hard because yeah. we don't have that promise. Mm-hmm. We don't have the promise that it will be okay tomorrow. Yes. You know, so yeah. we, we do have the promise that we will suffer in this right. life. So it's hard. It is hard. It's hard to find that and to grapple with that. What advice would you give mm-hmm. to the people that want to help, want to be a part of someone's life like your own that's mm-hmm. you know wants to be a part of your life but maybe doesn't know what to say right. or how to act and maybe is too scared to talk right. to yeah. you about it you know they don't want to you know maybe dishonor you or right. offend you or anything right. like that but they don't know what to do and they still want to be a part of your life right what should they what would be their best right. move I would say just be there for them listen you know we always need coffee <laughs> um, <laughs> coffee's good but honestly just act ask them about their kids like you would ask anybody else like okay okay, how's you know your your son or daughter doing oh how do they like school okay you know what do they like about school things like that you know um ask how they're doing you know how are you doing you know what's what's new with you things like that that do they play with your kids or do they have kids that play with your kids how does that at the school or like your friends oh our you know we don't have many we have family and their um, cousin and my uh, niece and nephew mm-hmm. from Michael's, they, they play with Luke, and um, they're really good with him. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. Because I, I imagine that would be hard at the beginning because yeah. kids, you know, kids have a hard time getting along anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yes. I feel like I'm always telling Weston, like, it's okay. Go yeah. be friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. He's very shy. And he's very intimidating. He's, you know, almost five feet tall and he's 110 pounds and he's nine. Mm-hmm. So he's a big kid. But, you know, he somebody told me recently there that a kid told her about her son. He's big, but he doesn't act big. Yeah. And that's exactly, I'm sure, how kids see it is that they're big, but they don't act big. Mm. And so he's very loud and, you know, runs around and, you know. He's <laughs> a kid. Like yeah, a bull in a china shop. He's yeah. a boy. <laughs> yeah, loves his iPads. Like, he, if he, I mean, like, the kids will come over and he doesn't care about his toys. I don't think he's played toys with years, but we have them for mm-hmm. some reason. I don't know why. You <laughs> <laughs> can step yeah. on them in the middle of the night. <laughs> Michael's always like, why do we have these? And I'm like, because we do. <laughs> I'm trying to cover all bases, right? Okay. He might want that one day. <laughs> It's like, it's been here for two years. He hasn't touched it. Oh, man. That's how we are. Although Joey always calls me the hoarder. Yes. He's like, you're hoarding. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. I promise we'll need that. <laughs> one day. We will. I haven't used it in five years. But one of, one of these days, there's a day I'm going to need it. need it. Yep. That's, yep. Oh, my goodness. Do you have any more advice before we wrap up or anything else that you want to say? Anything else on your heart? Um, if you just the main thing, if you have friends or family that has a child with special needs or is you know going through the process, don't be afraid to ask questions mm. because I know I love answering questions because that's how people learn. Mm-hmm. And if your kids ask questions, don't be embarrassed. Like I've had a lot of kids ask questions because they don't understand, and don't don't be embarrassed. Be like I'm so sorry that they asked that. We know that kids are kids, you know, mm-hmm. and they need to learn too. Otherwise, they're going to they're gonna not know, you know, what that is and what it looks like. So the younger that they learn, you know, the more that they're get when they get older, they're going to be like, oh, that's what that is. You know, I remember that. Yeah. And they might see him, mm-hmm. you know, the way you, you were mm-hmm. saying as a exactly. person first yes. instead of yes. anything else. Well, thank you so much for sharing and being so honest and open and 
I can't wait. I always love seeing your posts and looking at pictures of Luke. Thank you. Or some of your Instagram stories with Mickey. I see Mickey quite often. Everywhere. (laughs) But I always love it because I know that it was him. (laughs) So thanks for taking the time with us this morning. It was an honor. Good.